is jumping. <laughs> Sorry, you're I've keen been... on this. You're keen on this behind the scenes. So when was this? When was this made? Two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand two. Production started very early, two thousand two. Oh really? Yeah, they were shooting. They started shooting in January, but it came out in two thousand two. I know, came out in That's November. Quick. Yeah. That's really fast. Yeah, they can shoot a movie in six months, edit it <laughs> in another true. five. Fuck, winner. It's, oh, damn, What's I the know. tone of this behind the scenes doco like? I mean, is it very early 2000s? I mean, or I've is got it, it without film? audio, so I'm just, you know, sort of looking at it. There's there's some slight little uh, s- source on the on the informative text about who is speaking and what they do. But, you know, we're just sort of going through the timeline. First thing they shot was all the the surfing stuff, all the surfing B-roll in, in Hawaii. Wow. All the big waves for the intro. Then uh, Colonel Moon's compound stuff in January, and now we're just up to Cuba. But uh, <laughs> welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Down Down Critics are Down. Your name is? <laughs> it's Gerald. Gonna do, if you're going to do... If you're I know, but your name intro. usually goes first. I, I give you the space. Like, you go... I know. No, no, but Roberts you Morgan. Said, you are Roberts Morgan. Welcome Roberts. to the sh- back to the show. Okay, you've got to then follow that up with my name is Dominic Fitzgerald, and I'll okay. say, you know, and I can I'm quickly s- try. So yeah. not, without an edit point. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm just again. so used to your name coming first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know, I know, I know. Welcome but, to the I mean, show. This is my co-host Roberts Morgan Roberts. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> and, That's and different again. And That's who am I? Again. Who uh, am I? Look, you, you're some guy. Anyway, I'm you're some Pierce. fucking schlub. Hello, I'm Pierce Brosnan. Hello. Yeah. Most, Hello. Uh, one of the most underrated James Bond of all time. The, as in the character, not the films. Uh, mm. look, <laughs> I mean, this is one of those ones that I watched when I was doing my first run through. Um, and I was like, I've seen, I've seen enough. I... Mm. I feel like this is such an interesting. Does does this behind the scenes uh, docker that you've been watching mm. provide any insight as to the how should we say? Look, the, the, the absolute think, highs. I'd argue absolute highs and deep deep lows. Deep of this deep film. lows. This film is this film is the James Bond. Imagine if James Bond was fil- was filmed on. Uh, 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 if we're going to apply a. Um, uh, a metaphor to this. Uh, mm. This is uh, one of the James Bond films most like the the dunes of one planet of Rackus. It's uh, <laughs> if we're, it, it, that's the mm. world that I'm inhabiting a lot right now. Yeah. I'm listening to the audiobook version. Yep. Um, He's getting prepped. Little, 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 little new head some, is getting some, ready for Dune. Absolutely getting ready for Dune. Uh, there's some deep, deep lows and some absolute peaks. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and does this explain why? Because no. it's kind of, yeah. It's not that there's an explanation. It's literally just, and this is the fascinating thing, it's a very divisive film, both in the James Bond lexicon and in general blockbusterisms as a whole. Yeah. Because how do you define a film that wants to be this exorbitant? Like everybody, like depending on who you ask, like the 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 all the broad action, the broad comedy, the the big bombastic style of it, is either a plus or a negative to some people. Yeah, and that you know, knowing as much about the production as I do, it's it's just smooth sailing. They were just like, "Yep, this is the movie we're making." There was no tumultuous event behind the scenes that caused any certain decisions to be made or any friction. It was just, 
this is the this is the twentieth James Bond movie that we're making. And yeah, uh, do you think? Do you think then mm. that the? I mean, this film was relatively financially fine, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's pretty no, good. Made they're money. all success. There are very few bombs, like yeah. statistically box bombs. office bombs, box office bombs. Yeah, um, they're um. It's just it's a matter of. Because this is the thing that I think we we should spend a lot of time discussing today is that this is the final Pierce Brosnan film, and really, again, the the last time to date where a final Bond production yet again hasn't been designed to be a final Bond production. Daniel Craig's tenure at the end of No Time to Die, thirty nine sleeps to go. By the way, uh, who's counting? <laughs> Who's counting? Um, <laughs> this has been the first time. Re- this has been the first time, really, that they've had they've planned an ending. Like they've really gone into it. If you look back at the history of every other James Bond, there has been no plan endings. Connery, I guess, had a plan ending, and then but came then came back. back so and then twice came back again with some so other it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> so it doesn't count. George was planned to do a whole bunch more, and then he just dropped out. Roger technically had a plan ending, but it was like, I, you never know, I could come back because that happened twice. Yeah. And then Tim... What was his plan ending? His fifth film. Yeah, they were like, we might hook it up after For Your Eyes Only. And then Connery came back to do Never Say Never Again, and they were like, well, let's uh, let's really... Let's 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 we not have to play it safe here. Yeah, yeah let's let's that's not what... let's not do anything ridiculous here. And, and then, then they were just like, again. fuck it, let's do it again. Let's go. <laughs> one more. Hey, one more for the road. Because even at the end, they were still like, you know, we, we could just get it back. Who knows? And then Tim, Tim had a planned third film that got shut down due to uh, legal ramifications. And then here we are. Pierce, as far as the production of this film was concerned, Pierce could have gone again. This is not designed to be the Pierce Brosnan swan song. It just happens to be by circumstance. By the decision of Barbara and Michael being like, maybe let's 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 try and ground ourselves again a little bit more. Is your pop filter touching the microphone? Is that an issue? No. Oh, can you hear the construction outside though? No, I'm I'm just hearing that echo in the, the, the springs. I I don't know. I'm t- just I don't know. Stock in the spring. Oh okay. yeah. Well, it doesn't have the. It doesn't have the the the, the what should we call it? The uh, what I used to have a fucking sock of dirt. The sock no, of I didn't have a sock. I had a pillowcase. Ah, okay. edit point. See, no, mate. I'm keeping this in. This no, is you can't keep this in. <laughs> no one. You cannot keep this in. Nobody gives a fuck about. God damn. I think Springs. one person will give a fuck about this. This will be funny to one person. I That's- hate, I, I shudder to think who that person, what kind of life that person leads. <laughs> wow. This wow. is what they find funny. Imagine if they hadn't laughed at a single joke we've made so far. And it's like, oh, oh the Springs are at it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's me telling you how to fix them. That's the funny okay. thing. That's our, Look, that's our dynamic. So, so here we are at, at again another ostensibly not 
not wrapped up. Like the the, yeah. the bow is the bow is lying in a in a in a in a pile yeah. on the floor, discarded. Like you know, we're, yeah. we're, this isn't the last one. This is not the last. Oh wait, it's yeah. going to be the last one. So because this I, is I, the, the, this is the start of one of the longest hiatuses. Yeah. Not due to COVID. Of, uh, of between yeah, films, well, no, it's it's, it's tied. It's tied. After this is tied with that. There's there's two Dalton the two longest hiatuses. Yeah. Now officially are Dalton to uh, License to Kill and Goldeneye, mm-hmm. tied with now Spectre to No Time to Die. Six years. Interesting. Interesting. Six and this years. is is the this is the other tie of four years between uh, Die Another Day and. Um, Casino Royale, yeah, and then Quantum of Solace to Skyfall, yeah, right, okay, four so years. four years, and like four years is too long. Is is long? I think four years is actually probably a good amount, but any more than four is is too long. I think at this and, point we're getting to. I think I think I think we're going to live in a world where they have to happen every two and a half to three years. Yeah, because the, the gap between Skyfall and Spectre was three years, but I really think that was only down yet again. To the lawsuit, it wasn't a lawsuit per se, but it was they the they, they spent no. Well, the the gap between Spectre and and Skyfall is down to, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about this in depth later. But it's just they were wrestling back the the Spectre rights from the McClory estate, so that just takes oh, time. It wasn't like right, a yeah, right, okay, yeah. Okay. It, that was just a time consuming thing. Isn't it funny how at the very beginning of all this, you you know, you you said Kevin McClory, yeah, the Spectre that or. We'll hang over this I podcast. I know, and I've <laughs> and I've changed my tune. That's the real incredible part about the 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 time delay. Like, if you think about the almost twenty months that yeah. we've been waiting for this film, and that we've been that James Bond has been constantly in the periphery of my mind. Where we started, where I thought I'll fucking I'll never respect Kevin McClory. I'll never respect that fucking film. It took. It took Connery to fucking keel over. That's what it took for me to give that film a chance. And now I'm like, wow, this is, I think it just goes to show that sometimes you can't let hatred blind decisions. Sometimes you've got to, <laughs> we're still, we still have to do our purported, uh, our know, live, live show live, yes. live show where I watch this for the first time. Where we talk about, <laughs> yes, where we talk about never say never again. Um, but we're talking about no time to, uh, not no time to die, die another day. Die another day. Dying and day. look, there's there's some stuff that I love about this film. There's some, yeah, I think I we agree. should start with the things that I love about this film. Yeah, and and there there are people that I've told this to, and they're mm. like, "No, you're so wrong." But the yeah. opening sequence in this film, yeah, everything from that look, the CGI isn't great, but it's not as bad as the the subsequent snowboarding. Yeah. waterboarding not snowboarding the yeah the, surfing. The, the, what do you call it surfing uh, there the, we go the, there's the word yeah he's the surfing sur- on the massive a tsunami yeah caused by the fucking satellite Yet which again, is which a is satellite mcguffin in, I know. in a james bond film but anyway and we'll, that cgi we'll wave is hurtful considering this this movie opens with real big surfing real big waves that were shot for real with real stunt surfers yeah in that's Hawaii. great spectacular it's um, the Hawaii film does have so many ostensibly, you know, North Korea. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> no, yes, Hawaii doubling for North Korea. Yeah, <laughs> Which, you know, does North Korea have big waves? Does anyone can we confirm that? I don't know. Look, Kim Jong on the yeah. line. It, it, did, it, it did in two thousand two. The, yeah. the thing that I love about that is like, hey, put two places on the map. Let's try. <laughs> let's try and do a one eighty. We got North Korea, 
what's what's the furthest removed we can get from North Korea? Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it'd not be not even funnier country. when you when you when you find out where they filmed the rest of the North Korean stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just in a field in England. Yeah, absolutely correct. They just built yeah. the compound on a field in England. <laughs> but it's a big it's a big opening sequence in terms of Action. How long does it rate in terms of also relative to other James Bond? Like it's pretty long. It must be uh, one of the longest before the credits. Before yeah, the, yeah, I, um, I couldn't tell you the timing of it off by off by heart. I, I struggle the, with the and timing. And the other part of stuff. this, but, speaking of the credits, mm. is is it's so directly linked. Like uh, the narrative throughout mm. the narrative of that is then yeah. continued throughout the credits. Yes. It's one of those. It's one of those openings where uh, it does. It has you know as we have started to have in the more modern eras is mm. that the opening has something to do yes. with the, the, the rest set of the, the film. Yeah. Set the plot. You can either set the plot in motion or you can just have it completely disassociated and yeah. both work. Both work. I totally can't think fine. of, actually, I can't think of the last time we've had a probably casino since we've had a, a but even then that kind of ties into the plot. Like the last time we've had a completely, disassociated opening sequence it well it does tie in because you you're seeing how he becomes yeah because he gets his two reboot. kills to become a double o yeah yeah and then double o status you know yeah what, is it, what does it say enabled or something whatever it yeah. says in the in that something that we can talk about yeah, that next vaguely week. corrected <laughs> we'll talk about that it's next, next episode we will get it's vaguely connected so but uh, the but plot of the opening plot here. yeah the opening plot of die another day how do you feel about that as one of your great elements or not great elements uh, there's, you know, there's a guy, he's posing as a guy, he's giving him, he's being paid in diamonds or he's paying them diamonds. I forgot which way the transaction's going, but he's, mm. he's, do, he's doing a, he's sneaking in being, being some broker and mm. he's trying to buy some shit. He's by the, tr- trying to buy the, mm. the warheads or something. And it's like, yeah, cool. It, it's like, I don't know. It's all, it's all about that. Tell us about the guy, but who, but who is the guy at the other end? Cause this is where the plot kicks in. Uh, this is one of the things that like we, that you miss. I like, I want to see him more. Like, it's a shame that he has to be replaced by what's his name by graves or whatever the fuck. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Right. You, you prefer the actor who plays the, the, the The OG Colonel moon before spoilers. Spoilers for an eight nineteen. This man year goes old. full on Michael Jackson switched to white face. <laughs> That's great. In two thousand two, had that happened in the, in the real world? That's uh, when, do you 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 yeah, are, you are old enough? Yeah. yeah. When that did that happened. happen? And to to how extensively did that happen? Because I'm not sure. At, I think we have to have <laughs> Michael Jackson circa nineteen seventy, and then Michael Jackson circa two thousand eight. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not an aficionado. But um, yes, uh, he goes full white face, which is so hilarious. he has to go and get the. He has to go. He's buying. Please remind me because you've remembered more about yeah, the, well, yeah, the details of this plot. Because I'm going to talk about this in detail because it's, it's where this plot comes from. He has to go and buy. What's he buying? Well, no, buying Bond's going to eliminate. Bond's going to eliminate Colonel Moon. Yeah, they, under the guise of buying. Under some the guise of yeah, being a diamond trader or whatever. Yeah. And you know Rick Yoon's there, fresh off his star-making role in The Fast and the Furious as Johnny <laughs> Tran. Rick Yoon's there, and he's all handsome, and he's like, "This guy's fucking is, James Bond. We got to kill him." Beautiful, I gotta say. Like, mm. What an attractive man. Yeah. Even when he gets his his physical impairment, yeah. which 
again, I I th- I think that's great <laughs> that his physical imp- like think about how many Bond villains with their weird or Bond henchmen with their weird physical impairments happen off screen and are just like so quirky. Like we don't know how Jaws got those teeth. No, we don't know how Odd Job fashioned a razor hat. No, <laughs> we right. watch Rick Yoon eat a fucking briefcase full of diamonds, cop a full briefcase <laughs> to the face and just has to wear that. Just has the most dripped out. When rappers talk about being dripped out, Rick Yoon was <laughs> dripped out. Literally ice in my skin. It was like the little Uzi diamond, but before Have you, do you, he got the, do you know how little Uzi vert, the rapper got the vision diamond in his forehead? No, I don't. I just got assumed a, that is a reference that I should laugh at. But like you know, a, a, one a of fucking us, rapper one got a the, got a pink vision podcast, diamond in his forehead. One half of this podcast is a lot more into rap than the yeah, other. I'm you trying to yes, yeah. which one? It's my it's my pathos. I'm trying to let everybody in on my inside jokes. That's the goal. I'm trying to take my inside jokes outdoors. Is this podcast any ever anything but niche? gotta say it's true so but here so, we are yeah Look, i think it's great because it sets up it's like okay cool we've got the sub we've got the the arguably yep. the henchman although he's not really yep. a henchman he's the no, he's the henchman he's if in bond in bond terms and purposes yeah he's the he's muscle henchman but he's, he's a very muscle. memorable muscle yeah it's great I'm, I'm glad that there's a muscle here that is more yep. than just uh you know uh yep. th- oh it's the big guy yeah, he's got he's got some he's got some nous, yeah. you know. And Colonel Moon is there, and mm. he's you know he's beating up the guy in the punching yeah. bag. Like that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's what an intro. Yeah, he's ex- he's that's- working out, but he's also yeah. like talk about two birds with one stone. Like this yeah. cunt is efficient. Like yeah. winner. This yeah. guy, <laughs> he it's, it's, fuck it's, around. it's yeah, big torture, <laughs> big torture, so, big like. Ma- but so, yeah. So the, he gets foiled. Like he, they, someone's yeah. like, he's James Bond. We love this, yeah. and then a chase ensues. Yeah, uh, through the DMZ with yep. on on hovercraft, hovercraft with <laughs> the mines, and like again, it's a lot, but it's pretty sick. Yeah, and then like, he gets not captured. Fun. Yes, he well, he sends Colonel father. Moon, sends Colonel Moon, quote unquote, over the waterfall, and is like, I guess I've just got to be captured in North Korea now. Yeah. So he kills him, but his father captures him. Yeah. His father who just, what was that? What was the whole thing there? Oh, that's right. He was kind of going rogue. That's right. He's like, his father's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't want you to start. There's a line. Yeah. Well, there's a line later on after the, the title sequence where he's like, I thought uh, educating my son in the West would, you know, help him bridge the gap between our societies. But like the whole point is that Colonel Moon was, was sent to be educated in the West and then sort of just, thought capitalism's pretty great so i'm gonna bring some of that back home <laughs> which as a device is kind of so on the nose it's, like, it's okay fine <laughs> very on Whatever. the nose but it does but then it's it, it, you know it gives bond another capitalist enemy to take down which again <laughs> ties into the big plot horse in the room that i'll talk about in a moment so anyway bond is captured yeah the, the what is your sequence through through yeah. the credits is yeah. i i think was was great like i think it's i think it's a, as a title sequence the song is how do you feel about the, the song really quick you know you know how i feel about the song we've alluded uh, to this it's, I think a, it's yeah. the worst james bond song of all time yeah it's 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 a flip of the coin for me some days it, it really some <laughs> wow, days it's hitting really? some days it's hitting but some days it's like yeah 
take it or leave it. Um, but the actual title design, the switching back and forth between this, I think it's maybe one of the greatest James Bond titles. I think it's a really underrated title in terms of popularity. Yeah. Because the way it's, it's, the problem is that you, you know, the, the title and the title song just go hand yeah, in hand. I know. Where I know. You, you, you can't have one without the other, yeah. and it's tricky. Whereas yeah. something like we'll talk about next episode is yeah. kind of one of those ones where you're like, damn, like yeah. that's stars you, aligned. You've got stars aligned. But this, this one, one, it's yeah. so it's so perfect I, how it enough. how it, but it's so perfect in how it visually communicates the passing of time, and yeah, like absolutely, it's it's the only real like title sequence that I can think of that really has plot relevance and sort of works really well together. Like we're seeing the torture, we're getting that coming across. Like imagine if it was just a normal, like if you'd put the uh, uh, late era Maurice Binder, just women in different like black backgrounds. And then you cut to like Pierce Brosnan all bearded out and like, it it wouldn't work as well. Like we'd just be like, Oh, I guess he's been tortured. But like, the just the length no, of it and the different even style tell, of that it. Wouldn't, it. Yeah, it wouldn't even tell us that he's been tortured. It's yeah. just been like it would just say time has yeah, passed six months. <laughs> you wouldn't even need to tell that with his hair. It's just no. It's just it, yeah. it, it's great. It adds that extra. Oh yeah, six months have passed, but also he was like getting bitten by scorpions and then g- getting the antidote. That's nasty. Yuck. Yeah. Waterboarded but, um, in the in ice baths. Yikes. Was there? There's a character in that. There's a. Like a does she come back like the torture? No, the uh, no, not like not 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 after he leaves, me. not after he gets traded. Okay, so she basically only exists in that title sequence. Yeah. yeah, and like she, you know, like she's leading him into the the room at the beginning and the end after his little conversation with Colonel Moon. Not a big character, oh, yeah, cool. but again, striking Kinda presence. Cool. That last shot of the title like sequence presence. is like her eyes through the thing while Lee Tamori gets his uh, director credit. Which, by the way, we should probably talk about Lee Tamori just a little bit. Uh, have you seen Once Were Warriors? No. So is that, it, is that predating this? Yeah, it's it's a it's a New Zealand indie film with um Tamura Morrison, a very a very cool home, like a very gritty like drama. Um, speaking of how you know, let's for a podcast that loves taking a tangent um in the pop culture zeitgeist. Yeah. Are you excited for December twenty nine, motherfucker? Oh my what's god! On, what's what's coming out on December twenty ninth? Dude, the uh, the book of Boba Fett comes out on December. 29th, oh, oh, starring said Tamura Morrison as the titular character of Boba Fett. Eh, I watched that no. first episode. Okay, okay, I, I watched stop, that first stop, episode. Stop. Okay, if you're gonna no no if you're gonna if you're gonna throw doubt amongst it, do, I'm not. Do not throw it's a not. Cat. It's do not, not throw a doubt cat amongst my. No no no. <laughs> it's not doubt. It's just like we we all know what we're gonna get with a Boba Fett show. And do we, though? Do we? I mean, you're right. We don't. We don't know, no. But you know, I'm already sold enough to 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 watch the first episode. And anyway, if I like the show, Lee Tamori, Lee uh, yeah, Lee Tamori, like Barbara Broccoli, just did that thing, this beautiful go to thing where she was like, "I see all that influence as a director. Get him in for Bond." Yeah, because it's it's something that's very. It's one of those things that like Marvel really started doing a lot where they just pick indie directors to handle these big expensive movies purely because they're those directors are great at handling plots and drama, mm. which is what Marvel really, you know, it's what they building. need to do. And I think that's something that 
uh, Barbara and Michael really don't get the credit with sort of starting with these Bond movies. Like we transitioned it from an era where Bond movies were made by these workman directors, you know, these, these, these British guys who've worked yeah. in film like it, like do, they just do it. They bring yeah. the game, like they get the job done. Yeah. And we've, we've slowly yeah. turned into, we look for these filmmakers, you know, not super big auteur types. Like, this is why I have a lot of uh, back and forth about whether Christopher Nolan would be a good Bond director. It's yeah. like, I think about this a lot and I, do, I, yeah. and I actually think that he would not be a good Bond director I, because <laughs> it's too, you can't, because, you, you know, because we've now established this thing of like, this is a Chris Nolan film. Yeah. I, I just, if he's I don't, cap- want, I don't think I want Bond films to be a Chris Nolan film. Like, no, I don't. I, I don't in the sense that like, there, I just, Chris Nolan, if Chris Nolan can leave behind, like, I think the weakest part of Nolan as a creator, we've discussed this on both of the, the Nolstices so far, and yeah. God knows we'll discuss them for Nolstices more. But he just, <laughs> he gets so caught up in trying to elevate things into a weird sci-fi realm. I know if he, if he can leave that behind, like he did with Dunkirk, Dunkirk, Dunkirk is sort of our closest thing. But even yeah, actually, then, that's fair enough, and that's but a even tight as yeah. well. Tight, but Dunkirk, tight, like hundred minutes or whatever. It yeah, is. but Dunkirk also still like he still can't like it has the the weird or the unconventional like Struggle. time play out. Yeah, yeah. If he can learn to leave some of that behind, I think he'd he'd do a fine job because we've seen actually, him do the good elements of Bond in his own work. We're gonna just tangent again, not too long. But this is mm. the I was actually talking talking. I was on we were on holidays last week. Mm. Um. And I was talking to a family friend and Emma was in that conversation yep. and I was saying, you know, how time is, how time is this core, uh, if you forgive, if forgive the use of the word tenet, but it is a core <laughs> tenet of, of audio listeners. Nolan he's making film. the hand, ge- he's making the hand gesture as he said it both times. <laughs> he's did the, he did the hands clasping um, together of the, of Nolan films and, and both of them were like, Oh, is it? Does he? And I'm like, yeah, like all, like in some respects, yeah, it, yeah, you know, give or take some very obvious yeah. and not so obvious, you know, things. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I didn't really, never really thought about that way. And I was just like, yeah, huh, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's the it's the film it's the film Reddit thing, the film class thing, where they're like, oh, yeah, it's so important to every every film he's in, and it's like, well, half of them, half <laughs> it's not important. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not in, I, I can try to it think. It goes from like, being important in some to yeah. just, he wants to try and incorporate it somehow in others to the yes. point where, you know, obviously, clearly intelligent, yeah. but casual mm. yeah. viewers. Like, have obviously, noticed. yeah, <laughs> like obviously really important in, in Inception. It, it's different when there's times where it's the subtext and it's the context, like it's context totally. in things like Inception, Tenet. You know things where literal plot devices are time moving in certain ways. Whereas in Dunkirk, it's just used to present, yeah, to present and the and in, in Memento, like where it's just like it's just it's just a thing about the presentation. Yeah, well, I would argue in Memento, it's like it's actually the it's going backwards. Yeah, you're seeing, but that's that's yeah. his brain working. Like that's yeah. how we're seeing. Yeah, but that's a, yeah, again, that's a context thing. It's no, yeah, it's true, subtext. True, true. Yeah. Um, anyway, where yeah, back to Bond. Shit, back to Bond. We've, Why? We've so how would we? Because here's the thing: I would have, I would have argued that, I would have argued that we've seen, you mm. know, we've seen Nolan 
un, unhinged, not, not unhinged. Unhinged. Untethered. No, call it unhinged, not untethered. We've seen an unhinged, like we've seen what Bond's, mm. we've seen what a Nolan Bond, yeah. you know, given given no restrictions or whatever. You, you, yeah. you know, if you give him a blank check and say, yeah. make a spy film, we've seen yeah. what that Nolan He's done it twice, is. yeah. Totally. Like, it's fine. And, okay, and so if, you know, if, if there's a conversation here about bringing him in, anyway, look. Well, there's a conversation about how this is the time. Pierce's run is the real start of, like, Martin Campbell's not entirely a workman director, but it's really starting to build up at this point where we've had uh, Roger Spotswood's TV guy, but also, you know, like, these. It's they've gotten British TV drama directors. Yeah. Which are, like, the middle step between the old British film workman type and the auteur, quote-unquote. And then just over time, we've seen it grow. We're about to move to, after Martin Campbell does Casino Royale, we have Mark Forster, who's just some some Danish art guy. Not some Danish art guy, but, you know, that's the closest thing we've got to auteurism. And then right after that, we have Sam Mendes, who is, you know, a fairly art house guy. And then now we've moved on to... Yeah, and now we're at Kari Joji Fuganaga, who is, I think, the most artistic pick to date, really. I mean, you know, we're not going to spend this podcast talking about... Yeah. Lee Tamori is the nice middle stone here. He's he's clearly been brought on because he really... He's got a great grasp on drama. And that's that's really what is needed. And I think is, again, part of the strong... Like, I think, I think yeah, it's the strongest part of the film. I feel like the the screenplay, well, not the screenplay, because the screenplay obviously incorporates all the heightened talk about that garbage. But yeah. that that does bring this film down. But in terms of if you took, if you muted the scale, mm. and I think the elements of this film that are dialed up to eleven mm. unsuccessfully, mm. you'd have the guts of a pretty good Bond film. Yeah, because. Um, because I, I really, I, I, as, as it happens, there's some good narrative stuff that is happening here. You've got the, you've got two other than that, other than their final fight scene, which is just so horrifically, uh, male gaze that I just can't watch it. Uh, yeah. uh, the two female characters in this are fantastic. Mm-hmm. The two women are, are just ripper. They're great mm-hmm. characters. Someone tweeted the other day, what's her name? Not Halle Berry. What's her uh, Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike. So it was, it was a few months ago, a friend of mine on Twitter was like, damn, can we just, can we just bring Rosamund Pike in? Can we just pretend that, can we just retcon the fact that Rosamund Pike yeah. uh, didn't die in that film and just bring her back into yeah. Bond? Cause that get was her to great. play a different like, character. Yeah. Just get her, she's yeah, stunning. Just, she's fucking great. Like, yeah. Fantastic. Have her be the new Mort Adams. Like just get her back <laughs> yes, in. Okay, yes. Bring yes, her back. Fucking, yeah. We've done it you've, before. We'll do it again. Doesn't matter. You, you <laughs> set me up. You've set me up so perfectly that the guts of the plot are really good because yeah. you know where those fucking guts come from. Where? I talked about this in the Moonraker episode, but this film is just the wildest roughshod adaption of the Moonraker book. Really? I loosely yes. mentioned it before, okay. but the Purvis and Wade, these fucking, I, I don't hate, I don't hate anybody, but <laughs> goddamn these screenwriters <laughs> tick me off. Like, they really, t- I'm re- I get really TO'd. When I when I have to read some of their material, 
They the the Moonraker <laughs> novel is essentially the same thing as this one, right? Hugo Drax, quote unquote, is Bond gets sent to check out the facility where Hugo Drax is making his Moonraker project. Replace that with yeah. Project Icarus, whatever it's fucking that yeah, is what right. it's called in this one. You've got you've still got the 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 strong female ally Gala Brandt, aka yeah. uh Rosamund Pike's character Miranda Frost, who was initially yeah. meant to still be called Gala Brandt, but then unlike <laughs> the book, don't... unlike the book, they decide just... to make her a villain, so right. they were like, we'll just change the name. In the book, Gala Brandt is like his sort of co-off. And the one woman who he doesn't get to ride off into the sunset with, he gets flicking rejected with at the end pour a bit out nice good to happen don't pour a good. bit out no you, you need to be taken down a tone james bond i know it's james, it's james i know bond, right james it's so bond. good but um no and then the whole plot reveal is that this guy who's like been bought up as and again stop me if this sounds familiar the big famous new british industrialist hero that's being right. lauded yes. by everybody of course Turns out shoots into the yes. Turns out he he had facial surgery and his whole team and himself are Nazis who are building a weapon to destroy. They're literally just building a nuke to 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 hit London. Yeah. And you know, the climax of the book is just Bond retargets the missile to hit their ship. Similar echoes in George Lucas poetry. It's they rhyme. Uh, similar to the 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 plane flying through the big space laser, because <laughs> of yeah. course it had to be a big fucking space laser. <laughs> That's uh, the plot. They've they've taken that wholesale. The real antagonist and the the his machinations are just ripped straight out of the. Yeah. And then a uh, Gala Brandt is sort of transposed half between Rosamund Pike and half between Halle Berry. Yeah, and yet again, here we are in you know episode because Gala Brandt, is, sorry, is, because Gala Brandt is is a cop the entire time. She's uh-huh, she's yeah, yeah, been yeah. undercover. She's been undercover again. Uh, sorry to spoil the Moonraker book, but <laughs> spoilers for a still a cracking year read. old book or whatever it is. But yeah, yeah here we are in episode whatever it mm. is of this podcast in how all films are the same. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like I what mean, are we going to do next week? We're going to get pick up. Like, let's go. Is, let's let's talk about how you know Juliet Binoche in Three Colors Blue <laughs> is actually also the same as Moonraker. <laughs> well, fucking Wade and Purvis didn't write Three Colors Blue. They fucking write these James Bond movies. It's not an, all right. So there's been like a we've been what three films without source material at this point? No, yeah. four. Yeah, it's the fifth film without source material. Yeah. It's getting to the point where, you know, this is their second film. So their first film was was readapting um uh the the there was already a script for the world is not enough and they just switched it up and fixed it. This is their first original film. And what they did was they took the best book that thankfully was very poorly adapted to begin with. Like again, it is there is no it is apples and oranges with with Moonraker the film and the book as we talked about in that episode. Correct. So they just they just cherry plucked it, and it's not like they did a. It's this is my problem. This is how I summarize Purvis and Wade, and I will continue to do so for their continued run to this day. They just they cherry pick all the best elements, and somehow make them so plain. Yeah, like they do not. They do not 
elevate the material at any point. The next five films that we talk about are co-written by these two chuckle fox. And it is just, they, they never elevate any of the elements that they, they borrow from Fleming. And I think it's evident here. We we talk about the the action set pieces sort of are these big bombastic things that only very loosely tie into the plot. Would you say that? I yeah, I just feel like it's so it's arbitrary. Like all these things are so arbitrary that they have to happen. Like yeah. the island that they have to go to to find the they find the the yeah the the gene um, replacement uh, the, facility the clinic yeah, yeah the clinic where they have do the thing and he finds he finds um moons off cider what's his name yeah Zhao get Zhao's gonna be there yep. and they're like oh he's under the you know they're gonna find he wants the surgery too but they interrupt it yep. it's kind of this whole thing of like oh uh, yeah the Antonov you know plane as a set piece like yep. all of these things. Yeah, the suit that he wears that controls yeah. the thing. Oh my god, so disgusting! <laughs> that just as a death sequence, like as a as a villain fight, like yeah. he's just dialed up the wrong way to eleven. It, it yeah, just, like did he so have to look like a fucking? Did he have to look like an Iron Man suit prototype? No, he didn't. This is a James Bond film. Um, it's just yeah, it's. And there's like so many other like. Now elements I'm imagining that... what's his name as a Bond villain, um, the antagonist from the first Iron Man. Who played it? Was it? it oh, was uh, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Jeff Bridges would be a great Bond. Yeah, he Bond could do it. Yeah, he could do it. Um, yeah, just uh, I think about the the the. There are so many other elements in this movie that are like also quite arbitrary. Like, do you remember Michael Madsen's in this movie? As just the CIA guy. Oh, the offsider to Halle Berry. No, like not even to Halle Berry. He's always just on the phone with M. Judy Dench barely gets a look in this movie, except where she gets shot. Oh, fuck. We didn't even talk about Q. Oh, Oh, yeah. How do we feel about... uh, uh, I think we we talked a lot. Well, we talked a lot last episode about how we feel about John I Cleese think it's the Q. same. I think it's the same. Like we just carry on here. Here, here he is. He's I, he's only here. Desmond Llewellyn's not here anymore. I mean, uh, they are just just John Cleese. It's not but it also in, it's it's the it's the result of the two. I think the two worst scenes, not only in the film, but definitely what I think are the two worst scenes in the franchise history. And they're both the fucking VR training. Like there's a sequence in the middle of the film where just opens with Bond in his office, cleaning his gun. Here's some fucking gunshots go off. Ooh, spooky. Goes through, opens the door, sees Money Penny shot in their head. Uh, someone else is in there dead as shit too. I forget who. Some agent. Yeah, there's a, there's, they, they, get, they have this shootout in the office. Him and Robertson start having like shooting goons who are just everywhere. Then cut to the office. Judy Dench is at gunpoint. He's like, uh, uh, shoots Judy Dench and the terrorists. And then all of a sudden, John Cleese just fucking steps out of the green screen and goes, ah, 007, you missed your mark. Then takes his fucking ridiculous VR sunglasses off. And it's like, what are we doing here? 
The other, what's the other thing that you think is? What's the oh other my! There's the other VR think, scene at the very end. It's the very, it's the other VR scene at the very end, where it's just again starts just in the office, just normal in the office. Money Penny's doing some lovely work, and then James Bond comes in and just fucking sweeps her off her feet. Literally, they start making out on the desk. Oh, it's her in the VR, and then it yeah. cuts to her fucking pretending to make out with nobody in the VR, like like some fucking Star Trek holodeck bullshit. It's not great, is it? Gee, that's it a far, sucks, that's and a then John from John Cleese walks in. It's like okay, money penny. Like he's not even concerned about the fact that money penny is just in his lab. Uh, okay, money penny. And then she like gets up off the ground, takes the glass off, buttons up her shirt, and she's like, just testing it out. Q. He's like, it's very lifelike, isn't it? And I think uh, that's so fucking unfair to do to money penny. It's so unfair. Like, it's not that's funny. A far cry from the elevator, the shot of her and Pierce in the elevator. Oh my God. It's it's such a far cry from that. Like, where did we go over the course of, from Goldeneye to this, where she held her own against this man? There's, it's, I, that first scene with, with Money, Penny and Bond in Goldeneye, I think is the absolute catalyst for the evolution of Money, Penny as a character. Absolutely. Like, setting the tone for, there can still be this flirtatious relationship but it can be, they can both be equals and there can be a back and forth. Yeah. And to just absolutely. whittle it down to this fucking nonsense is so unfair. I have no idea whose idea that scene was or how Barbara let that happen. Yeah. That's, uh, that's cringe. I'm not going to say, cringe. I'm not going to say it was a different time, but yeah, that's I like the last time, remnants of, yeah, yeah wish, bad time. Not great. Look, this is. Look, the good bits, they're, they're there. some solid characters. They're the a car, great bit. The, the, the invisible car and the rockets in the car. It's kind of like, okay. <laughs> do you, do you, how do you feel about that, all honesty? Because I think great. I'm at the point where I just like, yeah, sure. Why not? No, it's like, what? Someone, okay, how do you beat a Bond car? Like, what do you put up against a Bond car? You're like, another Bond car? It's like, yeah, it, it's just, I, you know, <laughs> we have I the think bad it's version. So, yeah. Like, it, it's used, I think it's used just like it's teetering on too much like because he only really uses the invisibility just to sort of sneak in which is like it depends on how you like diehards about the spy genre as a whole like i do it sometimes feel a way about that because it's like it's kind of cheesing it's like in a video game where you can just cheese the rules it's like hmm. it's taking all the work out of being a spy to just invisibly sneak in somewhere. But it's like when you finish Metal Gear Solid yeah. all the way through and you save I forget who it is. Which one are we talking about? You save Meryl. Metal Gear if you one? save Meryl. Yeah. Or you oh yeah, save you can Otacon. choose. Yeah, there's two yeah, you can either ride off into the sunset with Meryl or Otacon. Yeah, and so you save depending on who you save, you get either the key card to everything yeah. or you get uh, you get the bandana. Yes. The bandana, which gives you invisibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, as, as we're discussing Classic. this, and I mentioned I have the documentary making of playing the side of me, they've just shown the clip of when he goes invisible in the car, reverses up, and then sends Zhao over the edge into the to the ice palace to sink. Fuck, we haven't even talked about the ice palace. Yeah, again, that's that's, I think, one of, you know, that's top of my list of... Dialed up to eleven needlessly yeah. set piece. Like what the yeah. fuck? Like 
it, it really is it really is like this like so many elements of this yeah. screenplay were constructed but, in a yeah. in a hot hot mess year 11 film student lab like this uh, is but see that's the thing that's gonna have, let's have an ice bath no okay. but that's the thing that that's the thing that separates it like this is the thing that like i'm willing i i i i think that's a pass because i think it is the whole sequence where it's melting under the space laser yeah. and there's the whole yeah. fight. If that didn't happen, if it was just sort of thrown to the side or just used to sort of look cool, I'd think really superfluous. But like, yeah, they, they show the gun and they shoot it. like the ice palace melts and it's this big spectacular car chase action beat. I'm like, okay, you did the thing I yeah. can't, it, it's, it's my, it's like you hit, you aimed for something and you hit it. Okay. You didn't miss. What I will so, say is this. I think that how things are presented, mm. and it's 2002, but, you know, yeah. the, and I think I think they just stick out like a sore thumb when they're yeah. overdone and the technology is there. You know, you know when you look at a film like Jurassic Park? Yeah. That somehow, fucking nearly 30 years later, still, yeah. still holds up. Yeah. Still Looks holds good. up. It looks good. It's yeah. great. Like, what a film. When And then you look at oh, what, 2002 yeah. and you see when you're comparing that, you know, mm. Hawaii stuff at the beginning. Yeah, with the, the real waves, the real surfing. The real and surfing. Then, bam, you cut to fucking surfboard, pierce on a green screen with a parachute. With, with a parachute and the, the castle and the, in the interior. Like, there are so many visual elements yeah. of this film that just look so cheap yeah. that really just take away that I think in a really large yeah. chunk of how yeah. this film could have been sold yeah. and could have been constructed. I think um, that's yeah. also a really big catalyst for like, now we champion the Bond films for going practical. And I think if they sort of, cause they, there's a lot more, this is the one where they're like, they're experimenting with the CGI. Yeah. And I think well, you it's, look at that hovercraft scene. Like, yeah. Tell me what in that is CG. So much fucking none. It's so, so much fucking much better. Stuff. Then go so down. Well, yeah, there's like there's like you can tell part like there's parts of it where like they rebuild it on a set so they can have a green screen so they can show the actors doing the fighting. But that's part of the course. It's not yeah. like you still. It's intercutting with these real hovercrafts going through this real space with, with real, real explosions, explosions and effects. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's um. And again, I hate to to do this because it's a blind side to the listeners, but I, you know what the documentary on the side just made me remember? What? And I think this is the conversation we end on. Yeah. The infamous gun barrel. Oh, this yeah, is the this. Isn't it? Th- there's a fucking. It's a fucking. <laughs> All right, we look. I've we've talked about it every time. The gun barrel is maybe the most iconic film opening of all time. Mm. All the time can't think of a single instance where from 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 frame one my excitement hits a fever pitch just by watching that dot go across the screen and then the the most suave killer in in the world at all times walks out and shoots me (laughs) i think it's electric every time perfect simple uh every update it has is is so much more tasteful why did anybody let and it's in the documentary. This was this was the idea of Lee Tamori. And it was done to be like, you know, I'm only going to make one. Why not have my little why not have my little influence on history? And makes this gun barrel, which is virtually identical to every other Pierce gun barrel, 
except when he shoots, a bullet flies out and directly into the screen through through the gun barrel that we're peering through. <laughs> uh, it's, a bit, it's weird, isn't it? It's look, it's the symbol of just what you said. The 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 it's overkill. Too much. It's too much. I anyway, physically look. flinch every time it happens because I'm like, oh, not for the reason he probably wants me to. <laughs> it's like, a, oh, really? I think you could sum Ugh. up this film. I flinch every time I see it and not for the reasons they want me to. Yeah. But let the, let's not detract because, again, there are, some element, there are some great elements. There are some really worthy elements. Like, I would recommend to watch it at least once. Watch it once. You know, yeah. watch, watch it, it once. six more times if you're a fucking... Sad Bond Giant, fan like us. Sad Bond family. Like that's the thing. Uh, Every time we discuss a Bond film and we say, "Oh, this one sucks," the thought always goes in my brain, like, "Yeah, but I know I'm gonna watch it twice a year for the <laughs> every year for the rest of my life." Like, what am I? Who am I kidding? Who am I kidding? Until next time, my name is Roberts Morgan Roberts. And my name is Fitzgerald Dominic Fitzgerald. Thirty nine sleeps to go, baby. No time to die in cinemas. November eleventh. <laughs>